My beloved in Jesus Christ, our Lord, a blessed second Sunday of the great fast to all of you. Also on this Sunday, we commemorate St. Gregory of Palamas, and also the older commemoration on this day was St. Polycarp, a disciple of John the Theologian. During our last clergy retreat that we had in October, we have a number of different liturgical services each day, and one of the evening services, some, a service that we had not done for a while, and it was a malevolent for vocations. And as the vocation director, they asked me to, to be the celebrant for that, and then I was asked to say a few words during, uh, the, right after the gospel. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, what am I going to say? Because they just told me that right moments before. And as we were going along, I was reminiscent of a youth camp that I put on every, well, it was every year before COVID, uh, called the Enlivened Christ Camp for boys 7 to 17 and their dads. And we have a cycle of themes that we go through every year. And one of them is we tell our vocation story. So I thought, that's what I'm going to do but for a purpose. I'm not going to share the, my vocation story with you this morning. But I shared it with them. And when I was done, I said, now why have I shared this with you? I told them it was because of prayer services like we just are celebrating for vocations. And the prayers of family and friends, and the prayers of the church, and their prayers as well, before they even knew me, before I was even a deacon candidate, they were praying for me and my vocation. I shared with them that every one of them that was ordained, they were only ordained because of prayers of others. Without that, they could have not made it because the church is required to act, and she acts through prayers to make things happen, and the Holy Spirit acts. And so it was because of prayers of their family and descendants before them and the prayers of the church, long before they even had an inkling that they were going, wanted to be a priest or a deacon, prayers were being said for them. We had a beautiful, beautiful funeral liturgy yesterday morning. And this woman, I got to know her story, it was later in life that she chose to become Catholic. She started exploring her faith, asking her a brother about it, and would be received into the church a year or so earlier. And I thought to myself, particularly during the hymns of farewell, how many prayers were said for her on her behalf that this would become possible? Prayers that would open up her heart to the possibility. Prayers that would stir her to compunction. Prayers that would move her to explore and make a step and then another step. How many prayers were said that brought that about? We hear... In the gospel today, the power of intercession. Mark tells us this encounter that Jesus has. We've got four men and a paralytic. 
The text does not tell us the paralytic asked to be healed. We all assume he would. But I have had experiences with those who are sick or someone who tried to commit suicide did not want to be healed. They wanted to die. But for whatever reason, regardless of that, four men chose to bear the burden of this man and carry him from where he resided to where Jesus was. And when they went and tried to intercede for them before Jesus, they tried to get to the door, but there were so many people. But they didn't let the obstacle stop them or deter them from their mission. No doubt they may have tried a window. They couldn't get in there. Maybe there was a cellar door, I doubt it, but maybe there was. Regardless, they kept going until they came to the last spot, and as a roofer, it always just gets me, they opened up that perfectly good roof. But they were not going to let an obstacle get in the way of interceding for that man. And so they lower him down. And we get a little inkling of what was going on with this man based on what Jesus says. We see the power of the intercession because when they lowered him down, Jesus did not look at him at his faith. It says they, he looked up to them, to the four that interceded for him, and saw their faith and said to the man, not what you and I would expect to hear, stand up and walk. The first thing he did was tell him what he needed. Your sins are forgiven. He may have not ever been able to walk again if it weren't for the scribes doing their mumbling. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus acts upon this to show you that I have the power to forgive sins, that I am of God. Stand up and walk. But that would not have happened had not four men carried the burden and the weight of somebody, gone to the extent of walking them to the house and trying every avenue to get him in front of Jesus, not being discouraged, but keep persevering despite obstacles, despite seemingness of impassibility. They persevered and he was healed. First and foremost, the healing of the forgiveness of sins. The power of intercession. There is not one of us in here who have not been able to retain our faith or even living out our faith had it not been the prayers, not just of ourselves, because we're not saved alone. We're saved as the body of Christ. Through the intercession of others, you are where you are. Yes, your own prayers have a part to play because we are given a gift of collaborating with God, but we are, independ are dependent on one another. And it shows this dependency when it's time to celebrate the Eucharist. We come together for that one task. It takes all of us. And then He unites us all in His body and blood. But it takes the power of prayer 
So we see what's going on in the world. I keep talking about this seems to be you know, the ongoing theme anymore. There's always something coming up. Do not underestimate the power of our prayer. Do not let obstacles get in your way and discourage you. Or say, I can't do it anymore. Where is God in all of this? God is there in the midst of it, but He's doing what needs to be done. Be assured, when you pray for others with an open heart and a heart of humility, change is going to take place, but it may not be the change you expect it to be or you demand it to be of God. But it will be a change. Not maybe one we can see and perceive, but there will be a change just as that man's had. Your sins are forgiven. All the physical stuff is, doesn't matter. It's your sins are forgiven because that affects your relationship with God. That affects your relationship with one another, and that affects your entrance into the heavenly kingdom or to the place of your torment prepared for devil and his angels. The power of our intercessory prayers. We should give thanks to all of those, whoever they may be, for having prayed for us. Oh, they may not have prayed for us by name, but when the church gathers, she prays for all the faithful. Those prayers count for you and I as well. We are being prayed for, just as we're called to pray for others. Think how many people prayed for that young woman yesterday that she would be received into the Catholic Church, receive all the sacraments, and just before she died. What a great gift. Think of all the prayers that have been said for all the priests we've ever known. They would not have been ordained without the prayers. And you and I, we are recipients of prayer as well. And the prayer sometimes we say, well, I'm not getting what I want when others pray for me. No, maybe not what you want, but definitely what you need. So let us continue to pray without discouragement. Let us use these four men as our model to intercede and persevere in that intercession. And great things can happen. The salvation of souls will take place. Our sins are forgiven by the prayers of the church through Jesus Christ. And in that, Christ is telling us to stand up, pick our mat, up our mat, and go home. Do not underestimate the power of our prayers. Don't make that mistake. We have the example of four men who interceded. We have the example and model of the saints who fearlessly interceded on behalf of all. And we are recipients of that. Now we are called to pray for others.